Welcome to Main Street Banking, a podcast for community bankers brought to you by the Barrett School of Banking and ICBA Securities. My name is Byron Earnhardt, and I'm the Programming Director at Barrett. It is our mission here to serve the community banking industry with information that is informative, relevant, and hopefully we'll have a little fun along the way. So, from Memphis, Tennessee, home of banking, blues, and barbecue, welcome to our little corner of the community banking world. And we hope that we can make your bank, your staff, or maybe just even your day a better one. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Main Street Banking Podcast. And, you know, as you can probably tell by the title, uh, this is a little bit different episode than what we've done in the past, um, past 12 months anyway. Um, I always like to take some time to think about some of the things that I'm grateful for in my life during this time. And I think last year was the first year we did a, a thankful or gratitude episode around community banking, particularly given how crazy last year was. Uh, so because tomorrow is Thanksgiving, I thought it would be appropriate again to take some time and talk about the things that, you know, that I'm grateful for in the community banking industry this year. And look, this is just my list. Um, this is just the things that I've seen over the last nearly 12 months that I'm thankful for. Would love to hear your list of things that you're thankful for in the industry. Um, if you wanted to post those in the in the comments on whatever social media platform you you follow us on, put them in all of them. Uh, we'd love to have the conversation everywhere. Um, so here's here's just my list of things that I'm thankful for in the uh, in the community banking industry. Number one is uh, I'm thankful for the advocacy that we saw in the community banking world over the IRS reporting issue. I think that issue, and as I'm recording this episode, it's definitely not resolved, um, but I'm really thankful for the, the mobilization that groups like the ICBA, uh, your local state associations, uh, and others led the way in mobilizing over this issue and not just rallying the bankers but rallying their communities and I was really thankful to see the bankers pick up the flag on that um, sharing on social media the posts that their uh, banks had put out about this and educating the public into what this is I mean let's look let's face it in the world of the, in the news media world that we live in no matter what side of the aisle you're on um, the media could be, the media is not going to pick up on an IRS issue, IRS reporting issue on its own. <clears throat> it really took the banks bringing it to the forefront, uh, using the networks that we have as bankers and the trust, quite frankly, that people have in us um, to to bring this issue to light. <clears throat> and I, you know, you could really see the. The needle being moved back into a into towards our direction on that, and I make the argument moving it back into a normal, uh, it, back to normal a little bit on this particular issue. Um, very proud of that. Very thankful for that. I'm always I don't know why, but I'm always amazed and thankful uh, for banks when we do rally as an industry on these kind of things. I'm always amazed at how well we do that how we you know, flood, the flood the phone lines, how we educate our customers, how we educate ourselves on, on, on issues. I, it's hard to really think of an industry that does that quite the same way 
that community bankers do. I'm thinking of an, uh, other industries now. There's other industries that do well in educating themselves, but we kind of take that a step further in educating those whom we serve and how that impacts them. Uh, even when it's something is minute, and I'm not belittling it, uh, something as minute as a IRS guideline, um, we get down into the weeds and to explain to our customers. That's, I'm really thankful for that. I'm really, it, it always amazes me. I stand in awe of what we've done and what you all have done on the front lines, um, leading that charge and educating uh, the communities that we've done. So look, you know, it, it's like so much in life, you try to, you feel like you can't do enough or you feel like you, um, you know, just, you know, what they say to do, call a congressman or, or write a letter or send an email, you feel like that's not enough. It really is. And if you go back and listen to the episode that I did with ICBA's chief uh, congressional run, uh, con congressional strategist, that's what they say to do. And it just feels like it's not enough, and I get that, but it is enough. And when there's more of us out there doing that, it, it is absolutely enough. It's a look, that is really cool what, what you all did. And I don't think you take the credit. I hope you hear. I, I hope you hear that as we did enough. Continue to do that, um, and I think you should be proud of what our industry did. And I hope you hear that as uh, being proud of what you've done and being very unique in this world as to what um, what you've done. Uh, the second thing I'm grateful for is the continued growth despite razor-thin margins and very uncertain times still in 2021, of uh, banks investing in their people. Uh, while this one seems a little bit self-serving and that, you know, we, we at Barrett saw a, a good growth this year in the number of people we were able to reach, you know, that, that's one thing to say that about Barrett, but on the other end of that transaction are banks that are investing money and, and you know, any amount of money is is a serious investment in banks when you're talking about some of the razor-thin margins we're dealing with. But banks continuing to invest in their people. Not every industry, again, like the, like that, like the first point, not every industry can say that. Um, I think it's really impressive to see banks in uncertain times coming out of, if you think about the training budgets were set this time last year in the middle of uh, you know, the, the pandemic and all that was 2020, um, that there was still investment in their people uh, and in their education. And, you know, again, I know that sort of seems self-serving to say that for Barrett, and, you know, it's easy to say, well, yeah, you're happy about it because it gets you employed. Well, sure, to some extent, but at the same time, um, you know, if banks are... Um, going to change their communities and serve their people and serve their employees, you've got to invest in your education because it not only improves the bank, it improves you as the bankers. It sharpens your sword. It increases your tool, uh, your tool belt and puts more tools in your, uh, in your toolbox that you can use. Um, just the ability to think creatively has to be coupled with the the skill set that you need to learn in order to think creatively, right? It's if you don't know about a certain issue or you don't know about a product or you don't 
you have talked to other bankers about hearing the best practices that they've done, it's really hard to be creative in, in your thinking and serving your customers' needs. So, I mean, education is a huge part of what we do in the in the industry. And so I'm thankful to see that, uh, you know, that this continued to grow, that this was still a priority for many banks. Um, yes, to be honest, it kept me employed, but, um, you know, that definitely speaks to the uh, the level of care and forethought and insight that a lot of banks have and that's really impressive to see because if the industry is going to survive it's going to have to invest in its education to stay relevant and to grow their talent grow their talent bench and grow their talent pool uh, organically and I think that speaks very highly uh, the third is uh, the third point I have is the, uh, the, gr- the growth of this podcast. Um, I mean, as you know, as you probably guess, the, uh, I mean, the podcast doesn't, it's, it's not a big profit center for, for Barrett, and it's not a, uh, you know, doesn't cost very much either. But it, um, I, I'm thankful for it because it, it, it means that what we're talking about on the podcast is it, it, it is spreading, it's growing. We saw over the last 12 months, we saw a 39% increase in downloads over the same previous 12 month period. Um, and we saw great numbers in 2020 and put out a lot of content in 2020 because of all that happened. Um, but at the same time, we saw an increase over that in 2021. And why I'm thankful for that, again, is not only just the numbers, um, you know, number. I tell my banking students, a ratio is useless without a context, and I think that's true when you talk about a 39% increase. That's you know obviously a ratio. So what's the context of that? It, it, the content that we try to put out there in this year and really every all the time is we try to say you know it's it's relevant to the community banking industry. Um, in terms of like we'll, we'll have fintechs on and talk about how they're looking to serve the community banking industry. We'd love to tell the stories of those community banks that are out there just doing stuff really cool, doing stuff in a different way. Um, you know, are that superhero community bank out there? Um, but also, even more than that, it's the air, the episodes that we've done that revolve around emotional intelligence um, and, and understanding that. I think seeing that kind of an increase means those kinds of episodes where we get to tell your story and we get to tell you some and show you some of the cool things that are going on out there to help make your bank better and we we get to put those episodes out that speak to growing your own emotional intelligence because the data is so relevant is so um strong and pointing towards the, your growth as an individual your your advancement and your career, your bank's success is you know, extremely positively correlated to the growth of your uh, emotional intelligence. So these types of topics that are really uh, close to my heart personally and close to the heart uh, of all of us at Barrett, um, it's getting out there more. And yes, I mean, clearly it gets more people familiar with the name Barrett and our brand, our logo, all that. But even more is those topics that are so important to us are getting out there to more people. And there's people finding us. Because you notice there's not a whole lot of marketing going on behind us. Um, We're sharing it on social media. 
and that's really about it. But the rest of it's just been organic growth coming from the, the podcast uh, apps um, and the algorithms within that, and people are engaging and coming back. Um, we've seen growth in people coming back to continue to listen. Uh, we see people uh, binging. You know, we'll see, uh, rather than an episode's numbers just being one hill, you know, just really high in the first day or two and then falling off forever, like a lot of podcasts, uh, you know, we see a pretty even plateau. Um, and then we'll even see, you know, rise up in other episodes from previous weeks that will rise up. Um, and so that means people are coming back. And so it means that the, this information is worth coming back for. And I couldn't agree more with that uh, because I think it's important to the industry. But it's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's really cool. I hope you've seen this in your, your own life and your career when you, when you have a project and you, and you see people, uh, you put a lot of energy into it. It's very close to your heart. Um, and you see people relate to it. And... Again, I'm just a voice on your phone or just a voice on your car speaker or uh, your uh, computer speaker, however you're listening to this. I, I'm really more thankful that more people are getting the content because the content's what's driving it. Not my band's blues guitar music, not my, <laughs> not my radio voice that sounds like it came out of the backwoods of Mississippi, because um, it has, but... You know, it, it's it's the content. It, it's those stories the, uh, of the banks and what they're doing. It's the uh, the emotional intelligence pieces. It's the information out there uh, that Jim Reber puts out uh, out there and um, about the economy. That that's that's what's drawing it back, um, and that's I'm really thankful for that. Uh, the other thing is, you know, this year was the first year we've uh, we've had a sponsor. I'm very thankful for uh, Jim Reber's investment in the bank. Uh, I'm sorry, in the banking school uh, and the podcast. Uh, Jim, as you know, is the CEO of ICBA Securities. He's been a longtime friend uh, of Barrett. Um, served on our board of regents. Just a great advocate for us. But to have somebody like that invest his marketing money into something you put a lot of time and effort into means a lot to us. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, and so it just, it, it feels, it feels amazing that somebody would want to invest in a project like that, uh, that you've done so much work on, um, over the past few years. Um, that's really awesome. And it means a lot to, to me and to, to us at Barrett. So uh, thanks, Jim, for, for that. Thank you to ICBA Securities. Uh, you know, the next thing, this is a little bit broader uh, thing that I'm thankful for, is really the, ver that, the versatility that I've seen uh, banks in this new paradigm. Uh, I really don't want to say the phrase new normal. <laughs> I just get tired of that. But <clears throat> I think you know what I mean there. Um, but the versatility that banks have have shown, you know, in 2020, we all had to, you know, basically overnight change our model, change the way we do things, um, change the way customers interact with us. And I'm beginning to see, and uh, really have been seeing for a while, uh, banks <clears throat> keeping what worked and, and throwing out the stuff that didn't or doesn't work in uh, the new paradigm or... Uh, as things start to maybe possibly kind of sort of 
uh, get back to quote normal, um, we've responded. Yeah, you know, we've responded. A, the DocuSign, improving our digital uh, our, our digital front. Um, you know, being willing to have meetings on Zoom, uh, Skype, or whatever. Uh, these different things that you know we kind of talked about around the edges before. Um, and I remember last year talking about that, you know, moving towards this, but we kept doing it and it became normal. It became the way we do business. It became the way that um, our customers interacted with us. And let's be honest, they began to kind of enjoy the convenience of banking on their own terms and not having to come into the bank and, and all that. I think so many times bankers think that um, you know, they're going to just walk in and give this their business uh, because they like your coffee or your donuts or your uh, the uh, suckers you give the kids. Oh, that's important. Don't get me wrong. Um, I remember bank I was in one time changed, uh, changed, ordered a different sucker to give out in the drive-thru. And look, it was, it was a big deal. I get it. Uh, it <laughs> It took some. It took some talking, but you know that I, I do think that we've responded and continue to respond. And look, any any time an industry has to change its standard operating procedures and change the way it does business over a short period of time, it's pretty impressive. And not implode on itself, uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, the, the business history is loaded with, with industries that couldn't do what we've done in the last 20 months. Um, that's awesome. That's really awesome. And, you know, I, I, I've said before on the podcast, I have this pretty large idea, dream, naive goal uh, that, you know, community banking can change the world. And the reason I believe that is if so many small businesses and so many uh, people are drawn to what community banks have to offer uh, in your community, and then we multiply that out across the what four thousand community banks that we have. That's that's literally changing. That that's literally a, a huge cause agent, change agent in, in the economy. And so, us adopting to and evolving with our customers and their preferences really speaks to why that big dare to dream naive goal that that we have is really not all that crazy if you think about it so the last the last thing I want to point out is what I call the rise of empathy um, and it kind of dovetails off of uh, the last point where we were talking about the versatility of banks and their uh, changing their business models but I'm really approaching really that same topic from really the emotional intelligence, the emotional side of it. Again, going back to banks' investment in their people, um, you know, we had Brad Fetterman on to talk about some of the things that he's seeing. You know, we're seeing banks become more empathetic towards uh, their communities, towards their employees, rethinking those benefits. Um, you know, working with uh, parents whose kids whose kids are in daycare. Um, you know, they're not making a whole lot of money. You know, we're just we we've been through the fire over the last twenty months, 
And I'm beginning just to see more banks become more empathetic towards their um, towards their people. We're seeing more banks become more empathetic towards their communities. Um, I mean, I'm certainly not advocating for forgiving all loans and, you know, going off and seeing Kumbaya, but I am, uh, I'm seeing banks, you know, respond more to the overdraft fees. And yes, you can make the argument that some of that's being handed down by regulations and some of the regulatory environment that we're seeing. Okay. But still, they're becoming more empathetic towards their towards their communities and working with them. We're seeing more banks get involved uh, with uh, CDFI program and working in low to moderate income uh, areas like the where, like the one I live in here. Um, you know, we're beginning to see financial adult financial education be- become something more than just a CRA checklist. We're beginning to see banks invest some serious money into it. Um, you know, we're seeing bigger banks invest more money in minority-owned banks, um, which in turn leads them to lend out more money into some of these areas. Again, done with prudent credit principles, done with prudent credit underwriting. But, you know, just, just having that empathy to really serve their communities, we're seeing the rise of that. Yet you know, we're seeing the rise, too, of... Um, you know, banks, uh, you know, taking on, doing things like this episode that we just dropped to today or yesterday on uh, the bank, First International Bank of Trust in, in North Dakota, uh, the family that owns that bank, you know, taking the time to look at their um, communities and find out what they need. And because through that, you know, they found they needed a restaurant. They found, and look, bankers know how we kind of are skeptical of restaurants, right? But they're, they're putting a brewery in, and, you know, I love a good brewery, but there's, um, you know, there's, there's things that the community needs that banks are stepping up and, and doing um, and, and leading the way in that. And it's really cool to, uh, to, to see that going on and uh, to giving back to the community the things that the community needs. I'm thinking of uh, Sharon Anderson's bank, uh, Williamstown Bank in, uh, in West Virginia, and the Giving Cup coffee shop that they uh, that they that they've done, uh, where 100% of the proceeds go back into the into the local community, and uh, we had we had some sharing with us in, in some of our programming last year, and she had just started this idea uh, and this coffee shop idea uh, right right in the front of the pandemic, and I just saw on on Facebook or on social media somewhere that. Since opening in about a year and a half, let's say, that they've been able to donate fifteen thousand dollars into their local communities. That's the majority of the time that that's been open. The proceeds of selling coffee, which you can imagine the margins are not very large, in pandemic, they were able to go, donate fifteen thousand dollars uh, back into their communities. And look, that's going to like hospitals and schools and things like that. Um, you know, why do that? Why, why get involved with that? But I mean, it's, it does drive some foot traffic. It does do some things on the business side, but that's what community banks do. It's the empathy that they have for their community and saying, Hey, look, we can help raise money. Yes, it helps draw people into our bank, but at the same time, our community needs a coffee shop. Um, you know, our community needs a way to raise money. These ins- these children, these hospitals, these schools, they need money. Um, they need the things that, uh, 
that we can help provide them in doing that, it's a win, to quote Michael Scott, it's a win-win-win, right? Um, and, and seeing that, those types of stories, just off the top of my head, those two, um, those types of stories are really cool. And um, I'm really, I'm proud to, to know these individuals and I'm proud to see the community banking industry take that sort of idea, take that sort of thinking into their business models um, because of the good that it can do in the community. So that's my list. Um, that, that's my, my gratitude list, my thankful for 2021. I hope you take this time uh, to put together your own list. Like I said earlier, uh, drop your list in the comments. We'd love to hear that, uh, talk about that. Um, but most important, as this is dropping the day before Thanksgiving, take some time to be with your family. Those loans that are on your desk, they'll be there when you get back. Those reports, they'll be there when you get back. Um, that, that, that issue, that SWOT analysis, that strategic plan, whatever it is, it'll be there when you get back. You won't get this Thanksgiving back. You won't get this opportunity um, to, to, to spend time with your family um, and do that with them. You won't get that opportunity back. The stuff at the bank, that'll be there. You can get back to that. Take time to enjoy your family. <laughs> quit, quit listening to a podcast and go be with your family. Put your phone down. Go be with your family. So I say that uh, only half joking, but uh, take some time to go be with them. So anyway, uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Thank you for subscribing to, uh, to the podcast, and we will see you later. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out on the latest episode. We'd also appreciate a five-star rating as well, as that will help get the content out to more listeners. We appreciate ICBA Securities for their sponsorship, and if you would like to know more about quality investment products, services, and education at competitive prices, check out their website at icbasecurities.com. And finally, if you don't follow Barrett on our social media platforms, be sure to check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook to stay up to date with all the cool new things that we've got coming up. And as always, from Memphis, Tennessee, the home of banking, blues, and barbecue, thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you have a great day.